Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we return to our study of the book of Ephesians. This letter was written to explain to Gentile believers the incredible riches of their position in Christ and how to live accordingly. Today's lesson is found in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 6. This passage deals with the doctrine of election. It is understandable that many Christians struggle with this doctrine. Please listen to Pastor Jim and today's slice of the two-part message entitled, He Chose Us in Him, Part 1. Remember at the table around the Passover meal the night before Jesus went to uh, the cross, he was talking to his men and he said this in chapter 15, verse 19 of the Gospel of John. He said, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. He's telling them, you're going to be persecuted. The world would love its own, but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. Same verb. Because of this, the world hates you. So mainly that's how this verb is used in the New Testament. But there is another sense in which it is also used for God's sovereign choice, always His choice, of some saved people for special service for Him. And especially this is said of the disciples whom He chose to be His apostles. Luke 6, 12 and 13. It was at this time that He went off to the mountain to pray, and He spent the whole night in prayer to God. Now, if you can remember back to our most recent uh, series, when He got up that next morning, after He did what this next verse says, He preached the Sermon on the Mount. So, this was a big deal. He spent all night in prayer, and then when day came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also named as apostles. So again, chose for himself that these would be his apostles. Then you have in Acts chapter 9 verse 15, this is spoken to a man named Ananias whom God sent to be the first one to talk to Saul of Tarsus after God knocked him to the ground and blinded him and called him to himself. He sent Ananias to be his spokesperson, and he says, uh, the Lord said to him, to Ananias, uh, to go to Paul, go for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. God called Paul to be part of that circle of the apostles. Now, We'll get a little bit technical, and then I'll, Lord willing, finish up really practical. The word eklego is used 21 times in the New Testament. 17 of those occurrences describe the act of God in one of these two categories. Usually God's sovereign point, a choice in salvation, sometimes for a choice of God subsequent to salvation. The other four times it's used for human choice. So, you... As a human being, you too can make choices. 
You know, and, 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 and you did. You chose for yourself today what you were going to wear. You, you, you may have chosen Ford over Chevy. You, know, you choose for yourself the things that you wish to do. Now, that's the verb. The adjective form of this is the word elect. Now, elect can also be a verb, but we're talking about how it's translated in the New American Standard Bible. This adjective form of the same word occurs 22 times in the New Testament. It is used to describe the ones who are the objects of God's choice. God chooses for himself those whom he chooses are the elect. In other words, the elect is synonymous with believers. For example, Jesus says this concerning his second coming. In the verse right after the record of his prediction of his second coming, Matthew 24, 31, it says, And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. This is going to be God calling together all of his elect who have come to believe in him during the tribulation time leading up to the second coming, Jews and Gentiles together all one in the body of Christ that will have been springing up during that time after all the believers who are in the body of Christ now have been removed. Or the Apostle Paul says this concerning his ministry. Why did he keep on despite all of this opposition and suffering? 2 Timothy 2.10, he says, For this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen or elect, so that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus and with it eternal glory. So, circle back to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. The subject is election to himself. Now, the meaning of this word isn't hard to understand. Chosen for himself. That's what God has done. Chosen certain people to bring to himself to be a bride for his son, to comprise the body of Christ. Today we're going to linger in this one verse and not even finish it, but we'll get way farther next Lord's Day. Ephesians 1.4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy or that we would be holy and blameless before Him. Now, the place where people go bonkers over this is in trying to understand all the subtleties of how this connects, how this fits together with other biblical doctrines, mainly the will of man, man's will. People ask, do you believe in election? Well, the answer is, well, yeah, I believe the Bible, and it teaches election. So the answer is yes. And then, you say, see Ephesians 1.4 for an example. And then the follow-up question is, well, then, don't you believe in man's free will? And that, my friends, is, uh, it's a question that comes up often, and it is totally fallacious in its reasoning. That's setting up a false dichotomy as if the teaching of the doctrine of election somehow is incompatible with human choice. 
with the fact that we have uh, the ability to make choices. We definitely believe in man's will. Every person, man, mankind, every person can make choices. But the term free will, it's fabricated. It's not in the Bible. There's no such thing as someone with a totally free will. Because think about it. Before you were in Christ, you were a slave to sin. You had a master. You weren't free. Um, A much better term than free will is human responsibility. Um, The Bible says many times you were a slave to sin, but the Bible is also clear that you are responsible before God for every choice you make, for every action you take, for every thought that you think, and even for your inclinations. It's also clear in the Bible that God sovereignly chooses people for Himself. You have the sovereignty of God, His chosen, His choosing people. You have man's responsibility. How those two work together, that's the hard part to understand. So that's where I'm going to slow down here and get out your shovel. We're going to dig a little bit deep to try to help you understand this. But let me make a few comments to help you uh, begin to grapple with this. Number one, the Bible does not teach double predestination. In other words, uh, election to salvation and election to damnation. Never in the Bible does that doctrine appear specifically tied to God as if it says God chooses person A to go to heaven and in the same way He chooses person B to go to hell. The Bible doesn't say that. Now, I, I know all of those I know all of the arguments for that. If you have 10 pairs of socks in the drawer and you choose out one, you rejected the other nine. Well, it doesn't mean you burn the rest of your socks, okay? Make a logical conclusion if you want to, but don't go beyond what Scripture actually says. So some people say, oh, God chose, game over, nothing you do matters, there's, it's irrelevant what you do. We're just automatons in this world, and there's this cosmic game going on, and, and, and we're just uh, pieces within the matrix. Did I get the right movie? I've never seen it. Um, okay, uh, that, that's, what, that's what some people do with the doctrine of election. The Bible doesn't say that, but the Bible does clearly teach election, and it also teaches that every person has a will for which he or she is responsible. We must believe those two things. We, we, We want to resolve them, but maybe we can't. We believe them both, we accept them both, and we have to leave to God the fact that, you know, He's a little smarter than I am. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows all of these things, and He knows all the what-ifs, and He knows all the motivations, and He knows all the hidden things that we can't possibly see. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.